Welcome to Submerge, the podcast. I'm your host, Leia Leone. Join me as I sit down with kinky people from kinky communities and share kinky stories. We will submerge ourselves into BDSM culture, covering trends, experiences, education, and more. We'll talk with every side of the slash, from newcomers to leaders to everyone in between. Follow us on Instagram at sub.mergelife for updates and info. Now strap yourself in or strap someone else in and enjoy the show. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Submerge the Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Leone, and today I'm honored to be joined by the one and only Mama Gail. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm I'm doing so well today. Are you rested from your weekend in Oklahoma? Yeah, I (laughs) am rested. Um, It took a it took a bit. It took a few days. Yeah, and I wasn't used to having that kind of drop after an event, but it was go go go. Yeah, so it was pretty good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I've I've heard that everybody gets the con drop. Um, I had Mm. a little bit of it. I think mixed with the drive down there for me, but. I can't imagine you guys, I mean, you judged on the panel. You guys were go, go, go the whole weekend. I can't imagine what that drop is like. Um, I, I, I'm professional at this point. <laughs> it's old hat. It's old yeah, hat. Like, no I deal. dropped like so many times. No, I'm kidding. Um, That's funny. It was a little easier. I, I made a lot of effort for self-care over the weekend. And oh, I think good. that is something super important. Um, you know, it meant that I had to opt out of a few, a few activities, a few shenanigans here and there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, my, my health, I, you know, I can't go another day if, if I blow it out the first night, you know? I right. Just, so. Right. Yeah. I like that. That's a, it's a good point. And I think a lot of people miss that cause they get so excited and then they go, go, go. And then they burn out halfway yeah. through. So yeah. I get that. Um, okay, well, let's start because I want everybody to know how you identify and how long you've been kinky for. Oh, goodness. Um, I identify as complex. Complex. That's a good word. <laughs> so, uh, you know, externally to, I, you know, I'm, cis, I'm a cis woman, um, okay. so I do identify as a woman, um, and I'm... Holly, I'm I'm kind of radical when it comes to relationships and and dynamics and things like that. I'm really not traditional in any way. Okay. Um, you know, I don't. How do I how do I identify? I don't know. <laughs> Some people just I say their name as, as <laughs> hi. <laughs> hi. Uh, nice. So that's that's pretty much my identification. Um, Sexual preference is, is not specific to body type or gender or anything like that. Um, I don't really use the word pansexual because I think that is, is yet another box. Um, I, I, you know, it's just one of those, if I'm into you, I'm into you. So if you're into me, cool, that works. Um, And how long have I been kinky for? That you know, that's always a good question. It's like, oh yeah, in the womb I was jerking off. Uh, <laughs> so that's funny. <laughs> but you know, I think that there are things that I probably did when I was younger that mm-hmm. are definitely classified in the kinky realm. And looking back, it's like, oh, okay, I did that. Yeah. Um, but so, do you have any like defining moment where you could look back and be like? Okay, mm-hmm. that definitely was something that was not what other friends were doing or other people in my life were doing at that age or something. Absolutely. Um, probably, you know, one that was very silly when I was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was uh, a boy in the neighborhood that had put, like, my cousin had, like, the super blonde hair. And he put grease or something in her hair. So then it became the mission to tie him up in the garage. And, oh. like... So I think that was probably my first effort in bondage. Um, Okay. So, you know, but childhood, you know, stuff. And it was like, no, you don't get to, 
you know, put grease in her hair. So, yeah, I completely grabbed him, threw him into a garage, put him in a chair, tied him up. I don't know. It was like I probably saw it on cartoon. I think cartoons right. really had an impact on uh, my things. Like I had this, you know, that that you know the character like by the by the railroad tracks you know yeah penelope pit stop and that kind of yes. stuff you know so like dastardly whatever his name was yes yeah it was just kind of a a thing the snidely whiplash yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so there was that um but i would i would probably say i didn't know at the time but uh probably the most significant thing would be I was 13 mm -hmm. and I had a really close, close friend who was 15. Um, and she had a really, uh, brutal home life, okay. um, raped daily by her dad's friends and her brother's okay. friends. And, you know, it was a really, I'm sorry, trigger warning for sexual assault there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, she was a cutter okay. and, and so, you know, we're friends and, and she just, she would occasionally get too emotional and cut too deeply. And I remember just taking, um, her cutting instrument, which was like a razor blade scotch tape to oh. a big pen. Yeah. And, and I took it away from her and I said, um, I cut you now. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I have goosebumps. And so wow. that was where she was no longer, you know, just by commitment to each other, no longer allowed to cut herself. Right. And so I would uh, do the cutting for her, you know, and, and eventually that spaced out over time and she did not need it as much, but it, it would become incredibly intimate, wow. um, incredibly intimate. And we found really beautiful moments in that. So, you know, I mean, I was 13. I didn't know. All yeah. I knew was that I had a friend that was in pain and yeah. was self-harming. And she wasn't going to stop self-harming. Yeah. And so in my 13-year-old brain, I just felt that that was an effective way of mitigating injury for her. Yeah. Um, and so that would probably be, I know, it's like, wow. But, but kudos to you. I mean, you probably saved her life. Like that's at at the time, yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. Her, her life didn't continue to go well, but it was, um, yeah, it was probably something that was really. I didn't know I was doing it. It was just it's instinctive for mm. me to uh, take people out of harm's way. Yeah, um, unless I'm the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'll harm hurt. you. So. I like that, but it is, it's, it's, you take the power there and yeah. And I think that that's just always been something that's instinctive in my nature. You know, when people say, you know, what, what is it about you that makes you a dominant? it's like, I don't know, stick around. It's just <laughs> fuck around and find out. That's fuck right. around and find out. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. Fascinating. Okay. Okay, so that's pretty young. Like, that's a young yeah. age to kind of, mm -hmm. that's some deep shit you're in at 13. Yeah. You get to a point in your teenage years, your early 20s, mm -hmm. where do you find other people like this? Well, um, for whatever reason, in high school and things like that, I was the beard I had a lot of gay male friends. Okay. And so I don't know how many different proms I went to uh, <laughs> as their date. Aw. Yeah, I know. That's but sweet. But it was also, you know, it was the late 80s and stuff like that. So, but it was yeah. also part of the culture for those, um, for those young men, those boys to have relationships with uh, some older gay men. Yes. Uh, for the culture. So, you know, we, I'd hang out with them, um, sit around, smoke weed, you know, with, with these older people. And so, and they were Leathermen. I didn't know what that was about then. Okay. Um, so I, it, they were just really cool people. And so I got to sort of listen to their stories and, and then eventually, you know, they started sneaking me into drag bars and, 
So I go. Nice. That's right. awesome. So going to drag bars and things like that. So I was sort of immersed in that um, predominant, predominantly like gay male culture. Okay. Uh, gay male bar show culture, that kind of stuff was a lot of fun. Um, I had a uh, sexual partner where we would play, you know, like who's the boss. Okay. And so there was a lot of that. There was some... Uh, he actually assisted with pushing me past some uh, trauma and okay. to regain sexual control. And we, we were just friends that yeah. fucked intentionally. You um, know, like we had uh, a very specific, and it could have been like, you know, at a bar, it's like, give me your panties. Ooh. Um, okay, you know, I'm going to go to the bathroom. No. You know, because I'm wearing a skirt. It's like you're not leaving right. here. You're not leaving this table. You're not leaving this bar stool. You're you're giving me your panties. And so there was like it was super playful, but at the same time there was that uh, a lot of that back and forth where you sort of learn your boundaries and you learned right. that. So I don't think I had anyone that said you know A to Z. This is what kink is. It's like okay, it's just doing shit. You know, it was yeah. Um, loved threesomes there was uh there was some roommates at college you know like uh, male roommates that i would you know end up with threesomes with them and right um, there was a in college there was also uh penthouse letters with gail on oh where we would get the penthouse and we would read it and release really tones and <laughs> and we would just sort of like 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 reenact what yeah was like theatrical production that. That's so awesome. I was slutting from pretty pretty early on that's awesome um, very liberated that's that is a far cry from my past <laughs> but that well, is awesome I don't know that I, I was just incredibly rebellious okay um, it's that's also part of my nature is, well, that seems like a weird convention. And I don't know that I've ever registered social mores and conventions similar to other people. So it's like, right. That is something that, um, is mine. Yeah. So nobody gets to set the rules on that. Right. Right. And I was just always that way. It's like, you know, my body, my choice. Yeah. And yeah. And I, and I just sort of stuck with that really young. I love that. I love that. Uh, okay. Well, then that brings me into leather because that is the epitome of, of the leather culture, right? Like break the yeah. rules, buck the system. Don't, don't no. conform. So how long have you, so you've been, obviously the gay culture probably introduced you to that mm -hmm. just realm, but then where do you fit into that and where do you like connect with that? at what age or what moment? You know, I didn't know um, at the time that when I was spending those that time with those gay men in the late 80s, early 90s, um, it was a very rough time. You know, yeah. again, sadness. I, I held a lot of hands. Um, I fed a lot of people. I, you know, cared for them, changed diapers, did the work. You did, you did what you did for the community as yeah. they were passing away and dying. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of focus on, um, you know, you know, the lack of social support and services and certainly no civil support and services uh, for, for these relationships and families that were being torn apart by AIDS. And mm -hmm. then, um, and, and yeah, and they were Leathermen. So I, there was, there was rules, like when I went to the bar, it was, okay, don't be the dick dropper in the room. Um, <laughs> get out by midnight because you're not part of the cruise. Because gotcha. you are definitely a dick dropper at that point. You know, right. Into you. Um, and so there was like kind of these, these rules and, and ways of being, uh, which allowed me to share space uh, right. with those men and, and their shenanigans and things like that. It's like, Ooh, you know, there's like pissing in the corner. It's like so fun. <laughs> I can't be part of that. 
So I just kind of, kind of sat there like a little fly on the wall. Um, but I did have my own HIV scare. Oh, wow. And, uh, that was when they did the contact tracing and, and they called you from the clinic and said, Oh, you're on a, you're on a, you know, a fuck tree. Um, you're on a list, uh, who's tested positive. And the time testing wasn't what it is today. So you had to test a lot. It was, um, you know, you tested and keep in mind, I was, see, this was 1990. So I was like 17. I was 17, turning 18. I was still young. I went to college young, went to college at 16. So I was too young to be doing any of this shit. Right. right. Any of it. I was like, if my 16 year old was doing that, oh man, I snapped (laughs) some hair. It's, yeah, it's going down. But I was doing all the wrong things, um, in all the right places with all the right people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I had my own HIV scare and testing, 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 because you had to, you were supposed to originally test for like seven years before you were declared clear. It was, um, because you didn't know that was the theory at the time was that it could lay dormant for up to seven years and it could manifest at any time. So you actually tested annually. And then in 94, um, the testing got better and they were like, okay, you can quit testing now. And I was like, cool. And that gave me what I call my vanilla scare. And, um, I got, uh, I got married in 95. So uh, I married, married like, you know, the really stable engineer type (laughs) and 97 had my first kid. Um, so did the marriage thing for about 12 years and, you know, was in therapy for a large part of that because I was just not okay. Yeah. I, I was not cut out for khaki capris and kids and, and the whole... I cannot picture you in those at all. Right? I, I mean, <sighs> you go to the school PTA thing and I'm like mm-hmm. calling my, my husband at the time going, we've died and gone to Stepford. I don't belong here. Oh, like they've got running moms. What? Yeah, yeah no, we're not... <laughs> I've been in that world and it's just so not it once you yeah once you get into like kink and then you try to still have like your foot in that vanilla world it's like that's just not me I don't fit in here this is not who I am it's so weird that's so yeah so that did you know end in divorce and that's okay it was very amicable divorce we co-parented Oh, um, I have obviously raised, you know, genderqueer, kinky, poly kids. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they grew up with, you know, drag exploding in the living room and leather exploding in the living room and, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, and then, so in 2011, I, you know, by then I had been divorced for a few years and, I really had this passion for, at the time, had a sincere passion for rope. Okay. Um, It was like, you know, I hold rope, it makes me wet. Oh, wait, there's something there. I Mm. want to tie shit up again. It's like harken back to that little boy in the garage that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So so there was something about that, and I got tired of tying up chairs, and uh, (laughs) I. I had me and my partner at the time had, um, you know, I was like, you know, I got this thing. And, and then we had a, we had a good friend who was, uh, someone who was looking for looking to be a third. And so we're like, Oh, okay, we'll do that. Let's try that. And so did that. And 2011, I found a rope group locally and most people go to the dungeon, then find the rope group. Now Gail finds the rope group, then goes to the dungeon. Right. <laughs> Whatever you can do backwards, that's me. I'm like backdooring all the shit. That's, go um, through the back door. That's good. Go through the back door. Hide me until it's time to raise your head. Yes. Um, <laughs> so 2011, found the rope group. And I think within like two weeks, I, I remember the first time I went, it was crazy because you know, I don't, I don't know any of these people. 
Right. And I did not have rope with me at the time. I'm coming just to check out the group and see what's up. And this this guy walks up to me and he goes, hey, you here for rope? I was like, I am. I'm here to kind of check it out, see what's up. And he goes, well, why do you have clothes on? I said, oh, oh. because that's how I walked out of the house, you know? <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> weird question. And it wasn't registering because it's like, I don't know this world in this way. Right. right? And, and he said, well, drop your clothes and we'll do some rope. And I was like, can you drop your clothes and we'll do rope that way? Ooh. And he goes, well, you think you're a top? And I said, I'm assuming, I mean, that's my preference. I, I want to, I want to tie yeah. people up. I don't like to be tied up. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> you're a girl. Oh. <laughs> I said, mm. you're an asshole. Yeah. Now we know each other. Welcome. Yeah. So, and uh, moved on from that. A couple weeks later, uh, Oki was doing an intensive. Okay. And so I was told, hey, you should probably do this intensive. Okay, sure. Could do the intensive. And it was just, that was at a time when he was educating in a very, um, very structured way. And it was okay. lots of time drills. And, and it was just, it was really foundational core stuff. A lot yeah. of muscle memory involved. Um, just to repeat, repeat, do it again, do it again, do it again. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, competition, we're in, let's go. <laughs> and, and so it was like, yeah, I'm going to beat out all these motherfuckers. It's great. Yes. So did that, did my first suspension, oh, you know, wow. with Oki in that class. And we have been, you know, kind of uh, trauma bonded ever since. <laughs> we're all trauma bonded. We're all trauma bonded. And yes. We love I love yeah. that. I love that. I am so, I, it, it warms my heart that you stood up to the asshole who was like, drop your clothes. And oh you're God, like, no. Like, I mean, well, you don't do that to even submissives. It's like, yeah, there is nothing that says I'm an S type and therefore must be nude. Right. Um, I don't, I don't know why that is. And there is nothing that says I'm a top and therefore should have clothes on. Right. Um, that is something that, especially in the queer community that I actually love, is that there aren't those kind of, it's like you can always, in sort of the heteronormative spaces, you can right. always kind of tell who's who's who based yeah. on how much clothing they're wearing. Yeah. And queer spaces are not like that. Yeah. It's just, so I prefer. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more fluidity in the queer spaces I've noticed. Mm -hmm. um, just and and you don't. There's never that assumption. You're right. You you don't walk into a room and go, oh, okay, I know who the tops are and who the bottoms are, or who's mm -hmm. who's DS or who is MA. You just really don't know. And even if you can assume, there's a chance that they're a different role for someone else mm -hmm. right across the room. Right? Like there's so much fluidity there, and I love that about it because there's it it just it avoids all stereotypes. And it, it does keeps it does. you communicating with people to actually understand where people are at instead of just assuming. I right. love that. Um, it focuses probably more on top bottom because of play versus yeah. Um, dynamics. Yeah. You know, people yeah. have existing dynamics, but they're still even more playful. People play outside of their dynamics. Yeah. More. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. Pew, pew, pew. Hey, Submerged listeners, we've got some exciting news. Our official Patreon page has launched. Head over to patreon.com slash submergedlife to find bonus content, videos from select interviews, and even merchandise that gets sent straight to you. Depending on what tier you subscribe to, you could get some amazing swag. So head over to patreon.com slash submergedlife. Every little bit helps. Your donations go to maintaining the quality of our episodes, necessities for the studio, and securing guests for the show. Again, that's patreon.com slash submerge life. Thank you for supporting Submerge and keeping our community safe, sane, and educated. Okay, so you, in 2018, you gained the title, and I, I don't want to screw this up, it's Women's International Legacy? Leather Legacy. Leather Legacy. Okay, 
tell me about that. What, what I've not heard of that title and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people also have not. Can you explain and elaborate on what that is and what it means to you? Yes, absolutely. So Women's International Leather Legacy, a.k.a. Will, Will. for short, Love Will, um, started, event, started as uh, an event called WILF. So it was w- Women's okay. International Leather Fest. Oh, okay. So that was sort of the, a weekend that was centered on leather women. And okay. it was centered on the history. So all the classes and things like that were centered on the history of women in leather and women's leather history. Okay. So there was, a, you know, a space and a desire for that to come together with some historical base and sharing. And then eventually uh, there was the contest, which was Women's International Leather Legacy, Will. And then it became okay. Will Weekend. Um, and the Wilf part uh, kind of went away. It was That was Master Chess that started it. It okay. was eventually transferred um, to Ian Coleman as okay. producer. And so, again, this was an event that was amazing. I loved um, the fact that people were coming together to actually share stories. I love stories. I love yeah. hearing stories. Um, you know, I love watching people play, but that's not the entirety of their story. You know, it's like, yes. how do they even get to that point, just like you're asking now? Yeah. So, um, and, you know, there was, you know, back in the, the 90s when I would try to uh, go into women's spaces, lesbian spaces or something like that, I was not welcome mm. because, you know, at that time, I think the only verbiage was really bisexual and a lot of the lesbians really wanted something more lesbian centric, you know, pick a side. Right. And, and so I wasn't really welcome. So I didn't participate in women's, uh, in, in sort of the women's world okay. until leather women at will where okay. I was completely accepted. They a hundred percent accepted me. And I was like, I love this. That's awesome. And then I loved the mission, uh, the mission for that title is it's a working title so you spend, or I spent my year traveling all over the world um, and interviewing people that were part of the women's leather community, whatever that is, whether you're in it, you're adjacent to it, doesn't okay. matter. So I interviewed all kinds of people. That's awesome. Ugh, that's awesome. How many people do you think you've interviewed over the course of that title year? Um, well... There was some on camera and, and, or audio only or whatever that were actually recorded. But as far as, as far as listening to stories, some people did not want to be recorded, but they were willing to sit and share their stories with me personally. Okay. So over that year, I would say probably at least 75 people. Wow. And just getting their experience and how they came into this world and how they lived this lifestyle. Wow, yeah, that's fascinating. Yep. That's fascinating. And, and I interviewed not just women that identify as women, but also, um, you know, trans men that transitioned in the community. Uh, it's like, what is that like? Yeah. You know, because you're hot and heavy in women's events and, and now you're transitioning, but you still attend and go and, and what is that like? And was the community supportive and things like that? So, wow. Um, and yeah. That's awesome. So where do they hold that uh, that weekend? It was held in Dallas. Okay. And I am the last title holder. I was going to say, I, it hasn't uh, come about since then, right? Yeah, it hasn't. Um, there was intention for 2019, and 2019 was going uh, along. And then there was a very large movement within the leather community regarding the integrity of contests and producers and things like that. And there were a lot of events that were um, being under the microscope, I guess. Gotcha. And so uh, there was, you know, can't defend what was said, but, you know, something very terrible was said 
um, language that was used by the producer years previous. Mm. And there's been reconciliation, but I also recognize that sometimes you you reconcile and then later down the road, you're kind of like, I'm still hurt about that. Mm-hmm. That still hurt me. Mm-hmm. And so it became very public. Yeah. And so the event um, could not go forward gotcha. uh, because the community at large was not going to let it proceed. Um, and there were some other contests that same that same year uh, that that were also not going to proceed due to, you know, the pressure. Yeah. And so yeah. So that's. And it. do you do you think that that's for a good? reason right like it has it caused change within some of these contests that it maybe raised awareness that we need it to absolutely be a little did. Bit more, I think it makes yeah it makes the producers far more accountable not only to themselves but also to vetting their presenters to vetting mm. their attendees um yeah. you know and making sure that to create that safer space for the attendees uh, so that they feel that they are not only welcome, it's easy to make people welcome. It's not right. as easy to make people feel safe once their feet hit the ground and, and know it mm. by action and by visual uh, representation or um, making sure that your programming is supportive. Uh, to right. so I think that a lot of... And, and then, you know, eventually the pandemic rolled around, so people got to really rethink uh, how we approach events. Why do we do this? How do we do this? Who's doing it? Um, Who are we learning from? And I think at that time there was a lot of, you know, people social climbing for social cred at the time. It was Mm -hmm. kind of a pinnacle and, and that bubble burst and people got very real. Yeah. Um, that's loving leather spaces came is like, that's why I started that platforming is because uh, I started that before my title year. Um, okay. But it's to address problematic things in our community to okay. sit down and have really rough conversations and hold space for our uglies. Yeah. So find ways to connect and relate with each other and recognize that we're here to love and learn together. Yeah. I like that. So it's almost like an accountability panel where people can come and feel safe Mm -hmm. to bring complaints or concerns Mm -hmm. forward and someone's going to listen to them and and see what they need to do about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sitting as a community, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like if you want to show up and have this conversation, show up and have this conversation. Right. Um, So, yeah, deal with some tough subjects, you know, everything from race issues to mm-hmm. gender issues to, you know, what is that like and why are you being a dick? <laughs> right, right, right. I'm sure. And all the way down to assault claims mm-hmm. or, you know, just general discomfort with certain people. If you can feel an energy and it's like, oh, I don't know about this person. And then that's how vetting happens too, right? Like if right. you know these things and you've heard behind the scenes stories, then we can share better with each other to keep everybody safe in these Absolutely. situations. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Oh, you have you have done numerous contests and numerous judging on panels. How many how many times have you sat on a panel of judges? I do you even no know? I was gonna say, I is it like? Know. <laughs> I don't even know. How do you do it? I'm a very it? judgy person. Yeah, so. you're a very judgy person. It's fine. It just comes natural to you. It's fine. I have a lot um, of fun. That's awesome, though. How do you, how do you sit and watch people you know in your community and you have relationships with, and then you have to critique them on these things that they're doing in these contests? I would be torn apart. I don't even know how I would do that. Can you? Do you just compartmentalize it? Do you separate I it? Do. Wow. All of the above. Um, I think that you know one of the easier things when you know someone is, and, and, you know, it's, it's a pageant, it's a contest, um, yeah. it's competition and knowing that the critique is about that competition, what that title is looking for. 
You know, that's the first thing I do um, anytime I'm on a uh, judging panel is talk to the producers. You know, what is the premise of your title? What does it do? Uh, And so, you know, you just kind of have to assess what kind of person is capable of withstanding that pressure and do they fit into that landscape? Okay. So I, I think it's important to, uh, you got to know where they're going because when you judge, it's very clear you're judging them not on their past unless it's relevant. Okay. Um, you are judging them on how they performed that weekend. Ooh. Ooh. And so that is actually a really tough part mm-hmm. because sometimes you have people that you think, oh my gosh, they would be amazing. I would love for them to be out there representing, you know, people like me and things like that. And the points don't stack. Yeah. Something happened or someone showed up and just got, you know, those three more points or, right. And it's just where the points stack. So I see a lot of really good competitors that I, that I always say, I ran for my title twice. So, you know, if it means something to you, do it, do it again. Um, I know people that ran for titles over and over and over until they eventually won and they learned from every experience. Um, So I think it depends on why you're there and if it means something, do it again, because, you know, it's, kind of like in school, you know, maybe you didn't get the hundred, you got the 99 and that right. other person got the hundred. And right. so, you know, you just try again. Right. And, and that's the way I feel about it. But judging people that I know is like, I have to kind of put some of my, I'm a super snarky person. Yeah. And if you have a relationship with me, it's probably wrapped up in a lot of snark and we've got probably got <laughs> a lot of inside jokes yeah. and so I have to make sure to, you know, put, put those away and and kind of look at, okay, I got to be objective and right. what are they showing me are, and and getting honest because there are some friends that it's like, mm, no, they, yeah. they yeah. don't put yourself in that situation. It's not going to be a successful endeavor. Right. Um, but, but this particular competition for Route 66. Mm-hmm. Uh, was phenomenal. There was a lot of really quality competitors, and that was so hard. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I mean everybody, and like there was a Mr. Miss panel, and okay. there was a Bear and Pup panel uh, that judged those contestants only. But I had to judge everybody. Okay, so you sat on both. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Wow. Yeah, I it, that was rough that that night that the numbers were being added up and we were waiting. Honestly, I, I was thinking about all the contestants and going, I, I wish they could all just win because everybody yeah. did a great job and everybody really represented themselves mm-hmm. good. I mean, it, it, it's sad that there has to be like one person, but yeah, I'd say, um, I think Alice put it in best terms when she said, we didn't run against each other, we ran with each other. Mm-hmm. And that that just that solidified like that is what like a leather contest should be right like right. we're we're doing this together we're trauma bonding <laughs> over <laughs> over this experience and we're doing it together someone yes walks away with the title but that doesn't mean anybody actually loses it it just means we experienced it so yeah i was talking to athens the other day you know and, and having that conversation and i'm like you know you always got to look for where's the win yeah you know, the win isn't necessarily getting the stole or sash or whatever. Right. Um, sometimes the win is the experience right. and and the bonds that you make with yeah. those people. And I will tell you, no matter where they go in their kink life, they will be connected. They will love yeah. each other. They will support each other. Um, it will always be there. Yeah, like that's that. what I love. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, you did mention, though, because we, you know, I have at the end of every single episode that if there is anything that needs to be corrected from an interview that you hear <laughs> that I offer people to contact me. Uh, and you did you did mention there does need to be a correction to oh, Sir absolutely. Athens uh, interview last week. 
what 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 was wrong? What happened? What was what was not said oh, correctly? <laughs> what happened was because we love it when stories start that way. Uh huh. He had said, you know, when he was talking about, you know, you at us, what? How did you get to the point of choosing or? saying yes to running for the title. Yes. And yeah, yeah. he had said that, you know, he talked to Ange and, and had some back and forth. And, and he said that he thought that Ange contacted Oki. Okay. And he called him. What actually happened? <laughs> I love that. I love, I lo- we love you, Sir Athens. It was I love June this. 12th. It was uh, June 12th. <laughs> Because like, facts and history matter. We have the receipts. We I got know. receipts. And so uh, yeah. I had actually, we had just had our first judges meeting for Route 66. Okay. And we didn't know who all was running at the time. Okay. We only knew that there was like how many for each category. Oh, okay. And we knew that we didn't have any boot black, boot black contestants at the time. Um, so, you know, I wanted to make sure to promote that opportunity on my social feed, um, and that there was only one Mr. Uh, contestant. And so I'm talking to Oki because, because we do that and chatting and, and, and I said, you know, there's only one Mr. Contestant, you know, it would be awesome for this title is Mark. And I said, Athens would be great for this title and for what it represents and and he goes you know what we're gonna stop talking I'm gonna hang up and make a phone call and I knew what that meant because we're professionals Um, so when it comes to approaching a contest and we we don't like interaction between the judging panel and potential contestants sure. um, or handlers. And Oki knowing that, okay, if I make this call and he does this thing, I'm going to be a handler. Right. And so therefore, you know, Gail and I can't really, we can't talk about shit because I can't, yeah. I can't interfere with that. And so we kind of make a joke about it. Um, right. I, I, I'm not talking to you. You know, it's like, we're not friends right now. Yeah. Um, like, you can't talk to me. So you, you just get, get, get zoned a little bit. So it's part That's of funny. it. We're used to it. Um, we know we know what we're doing there. And yeah. so, yeah, it wasn't Ange. Okay. Was, and we're okay. So. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it here first. That is the correction we all needed to hear. So yeah. good, good. Well, I'm glad that you had that idea and I'm glad that he did it. He put a lot of time and I effort into too. it. I mean, he did amazing and he's going to do amazing in the next he year. Is. I'm he really is. excited. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with all that. That's I, awesome. I am too. Um, uh, I, I thought, I mean, Kansas City really showed up. Um, <laughs> Cookie gave such a good run. I mean, yes. seriously, it was all of them, even, you know, uh, Revangelique, yep. just everybody was so fierce in their own way. And it was, but everybody's going to be able to have the opportunity to do other things. Cause I think that, right. um, all of the contestants were seen, um, yeah. and that was really important. And there were other producers of other events that were there, and uh, so they were able to see uh, all of the contestants in context and see, right. you know, see their presentations. I liked the way they did that yeah. for that position where they opened that up to the classes. And, and I think that that was really important for what they want to do with the trajectory of that title. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, Athens just blew it out yeah. of the water. I mean, yeah. it was so special. He so. did. I I really think though that it was the uh leather flag jock uh that really pushed him over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a nice touch. Yes. I um, mean he completely <laughs> ate that up. I mean and and I love that he's just game. You know yes. just like again that why the fuck not? Why you the know, fuck not? It's definitely a good motto. 
and and it suits him really well. So I think he was like on brand all weekend. Yes. And he did a great job. And I think that, you know, his his fun and joy and personality and love for this world and what we do um, is, I mean, it's infectious. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's going to do amazing things. Yeah. That's going to be fun to see the next year. I'm excited for that. I'm really excited for that. Okay. Well, what else do you have going on? I mean, you are, you are, uh, you are well known in the Dallas community. You guys have an amazing community down there. We, we went down to SPLF and just got to meet a lot of people from Dallas this year and your community down there. It's, it's awesome. Like it's huge. And there's so many different little bubbles within that. Yeah. And I'm actually not in the Dallas community. I'm in. Oh, Oh, you're in Tulsa. Oh my gosh. I am so sorry. I thought you were down there or do you just go down there a lot? I go down there a lot. I have a partner down there. Uh, uh, my squad is, you know, my, my kinks, my, my people, my peoples are a lot of times in Dallas. So there's sort of, uh, yeah, people always, people assume that a lot. They're like, oh yeah, um, I just have a lot of friends. (laughs) And <laughs> it's popular. We didn't know. Um, but That's... I love, I love the Dallas community. They, I mean, when you think about Dallas in population is mm-hmm. like the same number as the entire state of Oklahoma. So, yeah, that's, insane. you know, so there, you, you gotta go where you gotta go. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, in Oklahoma, as far as, you know, people that are highly visible and active is pretty much me and Sarah, Sarah Warnicke, who okay. is a woman of drummer. Um, yeah. So I do, I don't do a whole lot locally anymore. I have in the past couple of years um, dipped my toes back in education in the local community okay. just simply because um, they're, they're just kind of needing a little bit more of the solid experienced education so they're, they are wanting to start uh, some form of women-centered uh, play party. So oh, I'm going to cool. talk to some of the community about that because I want to see what, you know, what do, what does a younger generation want to do with that? You know, yeah. it's, it, it's not about, you know, the old dykes anymore and things like that. Um, it's, it's a completely more queer space. And yeah. how do we, how do we naming conventions? Like, how do we label this? Yeah. How do we... Uh, how do we, from the get-go, you know, let people know that they're included and and how we make that space safe by um, disallowing other things. So, gotcha. you know, it's that's a conversation to be had. I've done some, I uh, do a lot of education on dynamics because I've been, Courtney and I have been together since 2012. So it's... Uh, okay. But actual, her coloring was 2013, so we okay. have our 10-year anniversary next year. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. So, um, but she is, she's also an unconventional slave. Um, she okay. is a slave. She is not a submissive. And, okay. and a lot of people do not get that at all. They're like, <laughs> we don't get it. And I'm like, yeah. because she's mine, not yours. It's just fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, it works for you guys. So that's yeah. all that matters. She thought she was a submissive. Oh, he's a bottom. Gotcha. But I would not consider her submissive. She, I think she spent a lot of her younger kink. I mean, I don't know. We got together when she was like 23. So come on. I okay. Mean, I, I plucked her <laughs> out of the dungeon and <laughs> that's living awesome. rose. You know, I think a lot of people, especially at that age, you know, they're looking for that. You know, it's like, I, I want to get tied up and I want to get beat and I want to get spanked and I want to get all these things. Yeah. And, oh, yes, I want to be in uh, a DS dynamic and, and serve and do all these things. And she's she's not. You right. know, she wants all those things and, and she wants to, she's property, she's owned. Gotcha. So for her, I think, and a lot of people in the kink community don't really recognize because you just, you're just not there yet, but most people are just looking for a place 
and as long as they have a place, mm. you know, it was like when I collared her, that was the primary thing was, you know, who's first, who's next, you know, it's like your first mistress and your children and, and things like that. Um, but then who's next? And it's like, I am mistress. And so, mm. because no matter what, while she may not be on fire priority at the moment, she always has a place. Right. She's never right. displaced. Right. Um, not everybody gets a place. Yeah. Not everybody gets a, a seat at Mama Gail's inner circle table. Mm. Um, and and so she will forever have that place. And I think once once that happened in our dynamic and that understanding of what that truly meant, um, you know, it's yeah, for life because she's always she's always has a seat next to me. Yeah. Oh, that makes my heart happy. That's cool. I, I like when I hear people who have the same names and roles mm -hmm. and do it completely different. Completely I, different. I love hearing it because it just continues to break the mold of this idea that there's a right way and a wrong way to do mm -hmm. dynamics. And I, I think that's, that's what I'm trying to give as a message to people entering into this world is the only wrong way to do this is with lack of communication and being unsafe. Th those are the only two things you really have to worry about. Other than that, you structure your dynamics any way that works. If it works and it's consensual, do it. And it doesn't yeah. have to follow a guideline. I really love that it's been proven over and over again. The more people I meet, I'm like, oh, they do it differently too. And we have the same titles, right? And mm -hmm. completely does not match up sometimes. Yeah, you have to find your authentic dynamic, not a textbook role. And yeah. I think that's the biggest difference is, uh, and I do work with a lot of people and their dynamics because sometimes it's like, oh, we just, we just get yeah. to a point where it's like, well, what are you asking for? What are you offering? What are you taking? What are you yeah. receiving? And, you know, what does... What is your dynamic? It's like I can observe something, right? Um, and I can kind of see what that looks like to me, but uh, and we can call it whatever we want. But what is the dynamic that you're living? What is the authority transfer? Right. Um, you know what? Where where do those things live? And then where do you allow each other to actually have lives where this yeah. is integrated? Um, you know, is this something that you drop everything at the door and you're do it for the weekend or for the week that you're staying with your, with you, with your person, you know, Courtney, like her knees are bad. She has, she can't, it's like act slavey, you know, I don't know. It's just right. <laughs> they can't kneel. Right. I've got the same issue. I'm like, I can't kneel for long periods of time. Do I want to? Hell yeah, I do. But I just can't. Mm -hmm. Sir knows that we've adapted. And then you just make it, you adapt it to yeah. what you need at that time. There's nothing less in yeah. it. You know, like Courtney doesn't like events. She's on the spectrum and she doesn't like events. Right. Uh, because they're confusing to her. Social politics is something that she has trouble navigating if she is at an event with me, she is pretty much in bulldog mode where she is, she's running interference. She's keeping me on schedule. She's protector, mm. uh, keeping my buffer zone. So yeah. that's usually her, her mission when she is at events, um, because she doesn't want to interact with other people. Right. Right. Um, and that's what works. It is. So that's right. good. Ugh, I love that. I love that. What are your questions for me? Like, uh, well, I, I want to get into lightning round, but I also do have one more question. When are you coming to KC and when are we all going to hang out? Because I know everybody here loves Mama Gail and we all want to have dinner and we want to play and we want to experience you in our space. Ah, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> delicious. And I want all that too. And um, yeah, calendars are a thing. So I'm going yeah. to check that out. It is definitely on my, my hit list. Or awesome. uh, soon. It is something where uh, right now things are moving on the calendar quite a bit. Yeah. Um, because some things are getting shuffled due to, you know, schedule, weather, virus, yeah. all the things. But yeah, I just, uh, yeah, Kansas City is always a good time. You guys are amazing. 
awesome. I was so happy that the ballroom people, see, that was another thing. I just was on the phone and FaceTiming uh, with some people and Poppy was in the background and yes. Poppy was coming and I was like, I have an idea. Ooh. So the, he was just going to come just to see and support. Right. Ah. Right. And I was like, hey, would you be willing to do a bit? And he was That's like, I don't awesome. even know what that means in context, but okay. So, and I talked to the producer and I was like, can we find some stage time? And, yes. and so I, I, some people do call me leather yenta because <laughs> I'm a connector, man. Yeah. Um, I've got, you know, one, one friend, Coda, you know, he's like, I owe you so many orgasms. Oh. Because I am eternally connecting people at events. Like, do y'all know each other? Oh, I have Ooh. a huge, like my compersion. I have mm. a compersion for my friends fucking. Yeah. I do. <laughs> That's it's awesome. It's like hot as hell. I will, you know, I will just jerk off to it because that's like, <laughs> oh, I love that. It's like, I just imagine this friend and that friend and I imagine what they're doing together. And then that's you so like, funny. the next morning I get a thanks mom Gail, for the hookup. <laughs> because awesome. sometimes it just takes a, I'm endorsing this. Yeah. And then yeah. they go, oh, well, we're going to do it. Because it's like, I mean, seriously, mom and Gail comes from, you know, a, a drunk leatherman at a bar going, you're my mama. And so <laughs> therefore I'm a mama now. And there you go. apparently That's- people get that weight. <laughs> That's hilarious. If Mama Gail endorses it, you know it's good to go. It's right. Light. There Probably you go. healthy. So, <laughs> That's awesome. But That's I can pass awesome. for a PTA mom. Yeah. Hey, yeah. okay. <laughs> throw on some uh, khaki capris and some kids. Oh, we'll God. fit you right <laughs> in. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm the same way. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, what do you say about some lightning round questions? You ready for okay. this? All right. <laughs> okay. I forgot the questions, but go ahead. All right. Well, that's good. See, that, that makes it more yeah. authentic. <laughs> All right. Dogs or cats? Cats. Okay. Okay. Uh, window or aisle on an airplane? Window. Okay. Okay. What was your first celebrity crush? So uh, probably Leather Tuscadero from Happy Days. Oh. Um, um, was probably my first real one. Um, I would say Joe from Fox of Life. Oh. Love me some Nancy McKeon. So there was probably those. Oh, and uh, Eric Estrada from Chips, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those tight little yeah. shorts. Oof. Uh, mm. Yeah. And, yeah, and the boots. Yeah, did it. The little boots. Oof. I like those. Okay. I support all those. I love those. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. What's one book that you would recommend to someone, either kinky or vanilla, mm-hmm. that they should definitely read? Women who runs with who run with wolves. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you know who the author is? It's like Christina Pinkola something. Oh, okay. Gosh. I'm trying to anyway. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll but, link it below. Uh, it is, it is a book that I think um, is, a different perspective on uh, fierce, uh, feminine the fierce feminine energy. And so for all, all perspectives, I know plenty of men that have read the book that mm. come out appreciating women differently. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's definitely a plus. Okay, yeah. cool. I like that. That sounds interesting. Uh, okay, what is your favorite go-to sex position? Mama hmm. Gail, bring it. <laughs> um, well, it depends. Am I being a pillow princess? I mean... Because sometimes you just, sometimes. you know, it's like, I'm just going to lay here and check my apps. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I have work to do. Carry on. It's like, yeah. Okay, I'm emailing and, oh, shit, got to make that appointment. Because uh, there's only so much time. No, I, my favorite sex position, I am, I'm like a full body kind of person. Mm. You know, so it, it tends to move a lot. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, it tends to move a lot, but I, anything that is going to be really face to face or chest to chest or, Ooh. you know, something that is, uh, I use my whole body. Gotcha. For, so 
it's not just the genitals for me. Yeah. Um, More of just that, that experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm distracted, but we'll try to yeah. carry on. <laughs> I like to, I, I like to do a thing where I a sort of what I call a chakra zip where, Ooh. where during sex, it's like you join at the root and then, and then with each moment of rhythm or whatever you connect at a different level of your chakra. Oh my gosh. And so yeah. And then you go vocal and, and then it just, yeah. I am, th- 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 I'm speechless right now. I'm going to have to try that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah. You kind of just use that, that's that Kundalini snake and you just sort of, it's, it's a lot of visualization, but it's right. just energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good, it's a good, that's a good phrase. Chakra zipper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're just connecting it all the way up. Mm-hmm. <gasps> mm, that sounds hot. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'll get back to you. I'll give you feedback on that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, one food for the rest of your life. Chocolate. Okay. I'm here for it. Definitely. Um, squats or deadlifts? Squats. Okay. Can't they deadlift yet. Yeah. Well, and they help with sex. Squats help with sex and the okay, and all good. that stuff. Yeah. So that's good. It's good. Uh, if you could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Joseph Campbell. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a good 100%. one. 100%. I want to pick that man's brain forever. Nice. I could talk to him forever. How cool. Oh, that'd be a good one. Uh, tell me something that someone said to you at some point in your life that you will never forget. Ooh, that's a rough one. Um, don't be the dick dropper in the room. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one, though. I've never forgotten it. Um, that is a fact. I've never forgotten it. So, uh, but it's, I mean, are we trying to be all like meaningful and impactful? You uh, can. I don't care. <laughs> I, I would say, um, I would say it was my father. Okay. And it was just a, a series of you can't. Ooh. And so, um, or shouldn't or, mm. uh, whatever, whatever it was. And, and so the rest of my life has been a whole lot of fuck you. Yes, I can. Mm. And mm. so I've had to, I've had to push through a lot of uh, you know, family issues and stuff like that, as we all do. Um, yeah. But really, I either, like, at some point, I probably rebelled into almost normalcy in a way. It was like, yeah. you are so fucking dysfunctional. Yeah. I have to rebel out of this dysfunction into something yeah. that's normal. But um, I honestly think that all those, all those, you can't, you don't, don't even try you're, you're never going to amount to that. You're never going to be good enough. Just mm-hmm. get pregnant and have your babies and do your things. And like a good little uh, girl should. And that was a whole lot of nope. Yeah. And so, so yeah. Uh, people telling me that I shouldn't or can't is definitely a motivator to say, fuck you, yes, I can. <sighs> That's so. awesome. That is yeah. awesome. I love that. Well, I'm glad that he said those things. Me to too. Push you to the point of getting you to where you are right now. Absolutely. I think that everyone's life is better having you in it. So, oh, that's, awesome. that's so sweet. I'm very, very honored to have met you through mm-hmm. Sir Athens virtually and then yeah. in person this past weekend. I just, I'm so grateful to know you and to share space with you. So, it was a super fun weekend. It was. And it's funny because, like, I had not seen you. Um, yeah. I had been listening to the podcast or whatever, and and I think that you have the sexiest podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and you yeah. have such a sexy podcast voice. And I did. I completely did jerk off to <laughs> your voice, and and then I met. Then I saw you and met you, and I was like, and I need to go jerk off again. <laughs> I'm very flattered. Yeah. I was like, okay. Encore. That might be the sweetest thing I've ever heard from anybody. (laughs) That'll be my answer. (laughs) If anyone asks me that question, that'll be my answer. (laughs) 
That's awesome. awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much for listening and thank you for being on today. I truly appreciate it. And I can't wait to do it again sometime and have you come up to KC or us down to Tulsa again. And, and we'll, we'll have to connect more. We will. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you, Mama Gail. We will talk soon. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Tune in next week and we will talk at you then. Okay. Bye. All interviews on Submerge are from consenting adults sharing consensual experiences from their life. All opinions expressed in today's episode are those of the individual giving them and should be taken as such. Always do your research before entering into anything potentially dangerous. Vet your partners and always negotiate thoroughly. We record all episodes unscripted. Please reach out if any potential corrections to information you heard today would help our community be safer and more educated. Contact us at leahleonemedia at gmail.com.